Passover. In the Jewish culture, it is a really big deal. It may not be a term or a holiday that you might be familiar with, but we're going to get a little more familiar with it today. Especially if we rewind a couple thousand years or so, give or take some change. Passover is a really, really big deal. It's the kind of deal that your entire life would revolve around. Your year would be marked by Passover. Passover for this year. Passover last year. You remember Passover five years ago? It would mark your family history. It would be a time that you would remember family coming together and communities coming together. And life would be centered again around Passover. As people come together and they remember The promise of God. That they are God's people and He is for them. It reminds people of what is good and what is right. People of God in the Bible times. And for good reason. Because this is an old holiday that by the time we catch up with it in Jesus' time has already been occurring for nearly 1,500 years. It's been going on for a long time. You see, we go all the way back to the Old Testament when God's people, Israel, are enslaved to Pharaoh. You may be familiar with that story, right? God's people have been enslaved for nearly 500 years. And God raises up a man named Moses who goes to Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, let my people... I'm going to let you fill in the blank. Pharaoh, let my people... All right, some of you at home are paying attention. Very good. He says, let my people go. And Pharaoh thinks about it. No, I'm not going to do it. So God sends plagues to the people of Egypt that are devastating. And again, Moses comes back. Pharaoh, let my people. You know how it works. And again, Pharaoh says, no. This goes on for ten rounds. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Till the tenth round. Moses comes to Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh says no. And God is going to send death to the people of Egypt that will kill the firstborn children of the Egyptian people. But he tells God's people, the Israelites, he says, you are going to get a pass. Here's how this is going to happen. Get a spotless lamb. Sacrifice that lamb. You take the blood of that lamb. I know it's a little bit strange. It's Old Testament times. You take the blood of the lamb and you paint it over your doorposts. Marking your door clearly that you are one of God's people. And when the death sweeps through the nation, your children will be spared. And it happens exactly as God told Moses it would happen. And then Pharaoh says... Get out of here. I don't want you people anymore. And God's people are set free. So then every year after that, God's people remember God's promise that He is their God and they are His people and they remember that God set them free. Now just like you and I, these people of God did not do so good sometimes. Sometimes they remembered God's promise, sometimes they didn't. But one thing they always did is they celebrated Passover. And it was a time of the year when they would remind themselves, this is who we are, and this is who God is, and this is what He has done in our lives. 
So they continue to celebrate this festival. It happens every year. In the early years, they would celebrate it in homes. As we move throughout Scripture, now there's a temple where God is worshipped. And they begin to congregate at the temple to celebrate Passover. So by the time the temple is in Jerusalem, when we get to the New Testament, everybody gathers in Jerusalem for the Passover festival. There will be meals. There will be celebrating. There will be singing. There will be families that come together. They will remind themselves of God's goodness and share in this ceremony together. As a matter of fact, this is the first time we ever hear Jesus speak. You may remember the story of when Mary and Joseph and many people go to Jerusalem and after the Passover festival, they're leaving and they can't find Jesus, who at this point is 12 years old. And where do they find him? He's in the temple and he's teaching the people and they're astonished by his wisdom and knowledge. The first time we hear Jesus speak is during the Passover festival in the temple, right after the Passover festival is over. So here we are. Passover as we come towards the end of the New Testament. Jerusalem. Families, people groups, communities, entire villages are all descending upon Jerusalem. So you can just imagine, I mean it's hard to imagine now with our social distancing But you can imagine, because you remember the days when we used to get together, right? People came together from not just Jerusalem, but the entire region, the entire country would descend upon Jerusalem. The streets are filled. There's sounds of children laughing, people reconnecting, animals and livestock making noise. The streets are dusty as people fill the streets of Jerusalem to reconnect and celebrate this ancient tradition. But this year is going to be different. As we come to what you and I know as Palm Sunday, part of the Passover festival, this year is different. Because at this point, Jesus has been doing ministry now for three years. You see all these villages and these people who have descended upon Jerusalem. Many of them have seen Jesus or heard Jesus or know someone who has. And he's developed quite a reputation. Some of them might have been there when 5,000 men and multiple women and children were fed with just a few baskets and loaves. Some of them were there when A blind person received their sight. A sick person was healed. A dead person was raised. Even if they weren't there, they've heard stories. They've heard of someone who was there. And Jesus' reputation has grown large. It wasn't just what He did, but it was what He said. It was His message that was different than all the religious teaching that had come to this point. He didn't contradict the religious teaching, but he clarified it. And he made it clear that the love and the presence and the power of God was for anyone. Those who were broken, those who didn't belong, Jesus made it astonishingly clear. The love of God 
is for you. His message was revolutionary. Even as he called unto normal people like you and me, come follow me. And men would leave their occupations and go and follow this revolutionary man. So by this point, the religious tension is growing really, really thick. As you can imagine, as everybody comes together for this religious tradition, this Passover festival with the powers that be, everybody wonders, is Jesus dare going to show His face here? Because everybody knows that the religious authorities have had enough. And they want Him stopped. If you're a good Jew, this is where you're supposed to be. If you're devout to God, you are supposed to be here So certainly, Jesus was supposed to be here. There's going to be a lamb slain. There's going to be a festival carried out. There's going to be meals shared and the blood of the lamb will be remembered and God's people will remember God's promise. He is their God. They are His people and that He has promised He will send a Messiah. Though the religious powers are certainly wondering, is he dare going to show his face in this town? Many others are wondering, could this guy really be it? Is this the Messiah that was promised so long ago? I mean, he certainly seems like he could be. So as they come together to celebrate, everybody's wondering, are we going to see Jesus? Is he going to show up? For this thing. Mark chapter 11. I'll begin in verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem. And came to Bethpage. And Bethany. At the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of his disciples. Saying to them. Go to the village ahead of you. And just as you enter it. You will find a colt tied to a donkey. Which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied to a doorway and untied it. Some of some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered, as Jesus had told them, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their And threw their cloaks over it. He sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road. While others spread branches they cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem. And went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything. But since it was late already. He went out to Bethany with the twelve. I love the way this account of Jesus starts right here. It's different than any other account that we see of Jesus in scripture. Jesus has been going with his disciples, the twelve. Through all of these villages and communities telling them the revolutionary message of Christ, the love of God, and displaying God's power and presence and purpose. 
in those communities. He's interacted with these people in all kinds of situations. All kinds of different people. Very much not social distancing. Jesus was very close and personal with all of these people. Showing them the love of God. This time, He goes to Jerusalem. And there's people everywhere. As they get close to town, He's going to pull two of His disciples aside. Um, You and you. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. He pulls them aside and He says, Hey, uh, I want you to go to town. And get me a cult. Easter, we don't usually think of this, but Easter starts with a Bible time carjacking. Jesus tells two of his disciples, I want you to go find me a ride in town, grab it, and let's go. And it's not like it's a Ferrari or something. I mean, it's, it's, it's a Prius, right? I mean, it's, it's just an economy car. Jesus says, go and get this Prius, one that nobody's ever driven before, and get it and bring it back here. And if anybody asks, just say, don't worry, it's for Jesus, and hit the gas as fast as you can. Easter starts with them going and grabbing a colt, and it happens exactly as Jesus says. This week is starting differently. Differently than they had ever seen anything with Jesus before. You see, as this happens, as they show up and they get this colt, which by the way isn't out in the pen, as we saw in the scripture, it's tied to the front door. They go and they grab this colt, this Prius, and they bring it back to Jesus. And Jesus puts things in motion. You see, already leading up to this point, Jesus told the disciples three times, We're going to Jerusalem, which certainly would have caused some panic within them because they know by this time Jesus has a price on his head. They're wanted men simply by being associated with Jesus. He says, we're going to Jerusalem. And he tells them, I will be mocked. I will be beaten. I will be crucified. But after three days... After three days, I will rise from the dead. Wear some really nice pastel clothes. Bring some chocolate. It's not what Easter's about, right? He tells them, I will conquer death and rise from the dead. So here he is now, riding on this colt, headed into town. He's head and shoulders above people. As he comes down this path, this dirt road, and everybody begins to whisper, Jesus. That's Jesus. Jesus is coming. They begin to yell to their friends and family, He's coming. He's coming. And a buzz begins. So much with so much excitement and fervor that as the cult gets closer and closer, they take off their cloaks, they grab branches, and they begin to pave the way for Jesus because there is an excitement in the air. This could be the Messiah, and here He comes. We wondered if He would show His face, and He's coming towards us now in a Prius, on a colt. You can be certain that guard was on high. As large crowds gathered, and you're familiar with it, as large crowds 
tend to react and move swiftly. That certainly was happening in Jerusalem. As word began to get around that Jesus was riding in from the outside of town on this little road on a donkey, crowds just began to amass and people were running to see. Tensions were building. They were certainly at a fever pitch for those in authority. Murmurs rumbled and the crowd shifted. As this happened, people with excitement, there was one gentleman possibly in the crowd that gets up so much excitement and so much nerve that as he sees Jesus coming, he yells, Hosanna! Hosanna! It's not a term that we necessarily use in our common vernacular, but in this time, it's a term that was common, but it was made up of two different terms that meant this. The first term meaning save. The second term meaning now. This man was yelling. So he sees Jesus coming. Save! Save now! Save now! They're crying out to Jesus for salvation. For the Messiah. And I'm sure as people began to yell, you could hear the sounds of sandals pitter-patting through the streets as the guard came to see what was going on and families began to rush to get a glimpse of what was happening. This one man yells, save, save now. Another begins to yell, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord as they see Jesus coming to come in someone's name meant that you came with their badge. You came with their power and their authority. You came with their pass, their ID. And they see Jesus coming and they say, blessed is He who comes with the power and the authority and the presence of God right here in our midst. Save. Save now. Blessed is He who comes in the name, the power the presence of God. I imagine by this time there were people up on their rooftops looking down, hoping to get a glimpse of Jesus coming through the crowd. Someone yells, Blessed is the coming King of David! And this meant so much to those people. You see, the last time their country was not under the oppression the, the, the thumb and the rule of somebody else who was taking advantage of them it was approximately 1,050 years earlier when the country of Israel truly mattered in the power of the world was under the rule of King David. And so for somebody to yell out, blessed is the coming kingdom of David, they're saying, that man is going to restore what we were meant to be. The crowd would have certainly erupted as somebody yelled this out. You've been under the oppression of the Assyrians, the Persians, the Babylonians, and now you're under the oppression of the Romans. Save, save now, restore the kingdom of God. And the disciples must be feeling pretty good, right? As they're following Jesus as He's riding this cult and everybody's cheering and they're thinking, yeah, 
This is what we've been following Jesus for all this time for. Sleeping on rocks and going through all these towns. Hey, everybody, they feel like they're on a parade and, you know, waving at everybody. They're feeling pretty good because they're thinking, this is it. Jesus, my man right here on this colt, he's about to put the Romans in their place. He's about to put the whole world in their place. And the truth is, Jesus is about to save Save now. But he's not going to do it in the way that the disciples think. He's going to do it in a much different way. And spoiler alert, he does that at Easter. And he gives up his life and he rises again from the dead, conquering death and hell. I love how the end of this passage concludes. It says, Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now, this wasn't Jesus being late for church. You know, Jesus, did you not see what time the service started? You know, you got here kind of late and Jesus like, no night service? You know, what's going on around this place? This wasn't Jesus being late. Jesus knew what he was doing. This is Jesus showing up into Jerusalem and having His majesty declared so loud that the noise is bouncing off the cobblestone and the columns as they shout, Save! Save now! The coming kingdom of David is here. The Messiah has arrived and it is erupting out of the city. And so as Jesus walks into the temple, where there would have been the chief priests, where religious leaders would have been gathered and possibly even some of the guard, they've heard the cheers and they've heard the audacious claims. Save. Save now. Come with power. Come with the presence of God. Establish your kingdom. Jesus walks through the doors. And it just says He looks around and then He heads out. What? A bold move. Jesus walks in and basically says, everybody, I'm in town. I'm going to go back outside of town and I'm going to camp with the common folks. See you tomorrow. The majesty and presence of Jesus on Palm Sunday is that He is here to save and save now. The presence and the power of God are being declared. The kingdom of God is coming. As we celebrate Palm Sunday, a lot of times we think of those palm branches. It's being laid before the coming King. Save. Save now. The presence of God is here. The power of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. In our lifetimes, we, you and I, have not faced anything like we're facing right now with this virus. I mean, I think that's obvious to all of us. But I want us to remember on this Palm Sunday that we can anticipate God's presence is here. His power is here. His authority and His kingdom are here. And together, just like they did back on Palm Sunday, you and I, we cry out, save, 
Save now. Save now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We serve a mighty God who's not surprised by all of this, who can establish his presence and his power, his healing. Would you pray with me? Father, we're reminded on Palm Sunday that Passover is remembering that the people of God are chosen by you, that you declare you are mine, and Father, that we can remember that we are yours. You are our God, and we are your people, that we live in the covenant of God. And Father, we can remember, Father, that you have made a way to bring us freedom because of the blood of the spotless Lamb, Jesus. Would you take just a moment and in your home, with your family or by yourself, would you take just a moment to ask God to forgive you, to make you new, to make Him the Lord of your life, to surrender yourself to Him because a spotless lamb has been sacrificed that death may pass over and that we may be saved. You take a moment to pray. response to your presence power in our lives God I don't know if we've ever had a more appropriate time than right now to cry out to you to save save now Hosanna Hosanna in the highest would you take just a moment and ask God to save your trust in Him. Everything going on, would you take just a moment and ask God to help you to trust Him. Hosanna. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of Father David, Hosanna in the highest. Thank you all so much for joining us here today. I encourage you to join us all week long on social media. We'll have uh, content up to encourage you, to help you in your walk with God, hopefully even just to help you laugh a little bit and connect with others. You can also follow up with us on our website, rockhills.com, and please join us next Sunday, Easter Sunday at 9.15 or at 10.30.
God bless you. We hope to see you soon.